Hello and welcome to Brains and Bellies with Ama Mama. Today, Beth and I are super excited to be welcoming, welcoming Karen Harrison from Team Gene. And we're going to be talking about so many interesting things. So please uh, stick with us. Ama Mama fuses together ancient Ayurvedic techniques with more modern functional nutritional therapy methods in order to heal the body and mind. Using food as medicine as our mantra, we examine the bodily systems at play while simultaneously getting to the root cause of your health issues using two different systems perspectives. Beth English Myers, a nutritional therapist, and Carrie Jenkins, an Ayurvedic health counselor, will help identify what patterns in your life may be making you feel unwell, be it diet, lifestyle, physical, or spiritual. So join us here on Thursdays for Brains and Bellies with Amama. And here's the show. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to Karen Harrison to have her on our podcast today. Um, Karen, we've got so many things to ask you and pick your, your beautiful brain about but first, just to just to give a little word on who you are, uh, Karen Harrison is an experienced nutritionist and one of only a few graduates in the UK and Europe to obtain a master's in nutrition and genetics from St. Mary's University. Karen is the founder and CEO of Team Gene, and she is an innovative leader in nutrigenomics. And all of our listeners will be talking more about what that means, what nutrigenomics is in just a little bit. Uh, prior to getting her master's, Karen got her BCS in nutritional science at C-N-E-L-M and her diplomas in nutritional therapy and atropathy at CNM and is an accomplished NLP practitioner as well. For over five years, Karen has lectured in nutrigenomics to medical professionals, nutritionists, and dietitians. Uh, what I also really admire about Karen is that she's one of the a leading female entrepreneur in this emerging field of nutrigenomics. Karen, with her work uh, in her company, Team Gene, um, she's working to help all athletes from professional to novice to incorporate nutrition and genetics information from their unique DNA blueprint to maximize their sporting potential and support uh, our bodies and reduce the potential injury risks. On a personal note, knowing Karen really well as a practitioner, a teacher, a mentor, and a friend, I'm very lucky to say, uh, one of the things I really, really admire about Karen is her ability to zoom in on the individual and their unique case history, um, especially when we're dealing with things like tests, genetic tests, all of this um, data. Karen always combs through all that data and really looks at the individual. And I think this really sets her apart and makes her work so empowering. So whether Karen is lecturing on complicated aspects of genetics or perhaps a nuanced detail within a naturopathic summary um, for any colleagues uh, who are listening, Karen will always remind us to walk a mile in the client's shoes. And I think this is a lost art in a time of all these analytics and protocol profiles when it can get really easy to lose sight of what exactly is going on with the unique person, how they're interacting with their environment, how they're responding to challenges and stressors, and how we as practitioners can help them work out 
what specifically can support them and how they can effectively um, get those tools. So after all of that, um, it brings me great, great pleasure to introduce the woman of the hour, Karen Harrison. So welcome to Brains and Bellies. Welcome, Karen. Good grief. What an introduction, ladies. I must pay you later. That's amazing. Thank you very much. Um, yes, but I've never heard anything like that before. I'm just Karen, really. It's been a humble me, really. So thank you very much for having me. And, and, and uh, I look forward to what we're going to talk about, really. Fantastic. Okay, so we know all about you. and We're so excited. But can you help? Can you tell us, tell our listeners, what is Team Gene? How did you decide to start Team Gene? What is a Team Gene report? Um, so let's start at the beginning. What is Team Gene? So Team Gene is a company that tests people's genes and it's set up uh, for predominantly athletes or what I call sporty people. Okay, so, you know, the, the, the term athlete or the, the actual dictionary is somebody that does pretty much one hour of exercise per week so of course you know that that's quite varied in relation to you know what you would actually call an athlete anyway so this it's really sporty people it can be people that are doing 5k runs up to elite athletes effectively and why did I start team gene I started team gene after a conversation with an elite athlete who contacted me about sort of nutrition in general and I was a bit concerned that he had really been taking sort of certain supplements and eating certain foods for quite a considerable amount of time but not really doing any testing as to whether his body was favoring these things whether it really you know is able to handle what he was taking at the quantities that he really was taking so that sort of set my brain off and I'm very lucky enough to have a cousin who is on the board of triathlete athlete and basically coaches and lectures in all anything to do with athletics so I I phoned him up and said to him well you know what's actually going on did it do can can these people just just do all this without any testing what's what's occurring and we had this lovely conversation and out of that team gene sprung pretty much really and it's all about helping people to have a look at the roots our roots are our genetics you know they don't change throughout our lifetime they stay the same so you only ever have to do a genetic test once and um, it's really all about the relationship between the gene and the food that we eat and that's what nutrigenomics is it's nutrition or nutri and genomics genes and it's that interaction between the two that for some people they can do it really well they have no problems at all for others there are certain processes within the body such as energy production for athletes for instance there are certain sort of vitamins or minerals that you might want to favor over others and you wouldn't really know that until you actually get your genes tested it all just sort of really spurred from one conversation to be honest with you and sort of around about a year later this is where team gene is we're helping sporty people to really understand the connection between your genes and the food that you're eating and whether really you're really eating perhaps in the right 
way that's going to maximize your or your energy production or repair potential or sleep sort of potential as well. I see. First of all, I love the organic origin of your company. It, it really mm-hmm. is always the best way. I love how that came about. And everything you've just said it has, is really helpful in the understanding. But I keep, I kept thinking the entire time you were talking, I think that nutrigenomics, I think of it as a very positive thing, but I would say previous generation may not, or I would say it depends where your mindset is coming from. I mean, I've I've spoken to some people who think, um, oh, I was just born this way. This is the way it is. And it's, it stops there. Whereas I certainly learned through my training, through doing nutrition and learning about nutrigenomics, that it's actually a very optimistic, positive aspect that uh, Karen helped me with this, the quote, nature loads the gun, but nutrition and lifestyle fires it effectively. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I mean, um, you're quite right. Um, Like I said, your genes are exactly the same, but it doesn't mean that we can't do anything about it. And effectively, I see it as a massive positive. And the reason I see it as a positive is that if, if you were to know, and I'll give you just a little bit of an example, for instance, as a sporty person, you will be producing more inflammation. It's a natural byproduct of what we're actually doing. If you run, if you jog for a decent amount of time, you know, more than five, 10 minutes, you will be starting those natural processes that happen in the body and therefore inflammation is going to be generated now again it's it's something that happens it's not it's not you know it's not um a negative thing our body has these feedback mechanisms that we we rely on and that's fine but there are you know sometimes if you're able to put in the appropriate antioxidants that we're able to process really well and favor certain antioxidants might be vitamin C for instance, or vitamin E instead of glutathione because we might not actually produce glutathione very well. We can tell all that from our genetic data. So a lot of people will say to me, but that's okay, I, I do blood tests and I can test the levels of my certain vitamins and minerals I don't need to know about my genes and it's like yes of course absolutely and I and I would has would not hesitate at all for anybody not to do their blood test particularly if they are a semi-athlete you know or athletes or or whatever but the thing is is that your levels will be going up and down and potentially you're taking supplements to keep it at the appropriate level for the athleticism that you're actually doing but why do you need to do that is it because you're unable to transport vitamin c into the cell as efficiently as we would like Uh, it to be i see i see so therefore this gives you the knowledge as the reason why do you need to do uh you know vitamin c and all of the um cofactors that go with it So, you know, you're actually finding out really um, some really valuable information instead of just going, all right, okay, vitamin C is a bit low this week. Um, I'll just shove some more in. Well, actually, vitamin C is really, really important, but we might want to support it 
with other antioxidants that we know that we can process really well. And that's from a genetic perspective, we can actually tell that. That's wonderful. So specific. I love it. So yeah. Carrie, Carrie and I are working with a client and I'm supporting with them nutrition, with their nutrition and Carrie's working on the Ayurvedic side and lifestyle. I would look at a team gene report as another feather in our cap. So we would start with our case history. We would work very specifically with that client on uh, looking at their food diary, talking to them about what they like and don't like, seeing what works with them, um, creating structure for them, carry working on lifestyle, breathing techniques, um, talking about the doshas. We would start there first and then going deeper into follow-up consultation if, the, if this person's still having trouble bouncing back from injury or they're not seeing a significant improvement in their performance or if they're not reaching certain health goals, we could look, we could do a genetic report to help understand what is going on with them specifically so that we could come in with nutrient support and more, even more specific tools. Absolutely. Um, I don't believe that genetics should be the first thing that any of your any of your therapists or any of your anybody that you go to you should never have your genetics done straight away unless you're in a an elite 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 athlete in your part of their program it's it's a bit different so perhaps team gb that will be part of your price but if you're um you know an athlete and i'm i call them iron man i like to say iron person because obviously there's women out there that do it as well um you know or you know the bodybuilders for instance or all sorts of other athletic um, tendencies you have to make sure that you know what you're eating so when you speak to your your trainer or you know your coach whoever it is they would take that case as you were saying you know you would need to find out what that person is eating you need to understand the energetics so genes uh, of which I don't do but genes can actually be almost influenced by breath work as well so you know this is something that can actually be influenced so it's really it is a tool in your toolbox that is going to help your athlete or help your your um, client to literally really dig down to what is the nuts and bolts of what's actually going on and then from there on you can work outwards but I would never start with genetics. I was always taught and will always take a case, understand what's going on for the clients. Like I say, walk a mile in their shoe. And then probably on the second or maybe the third time, I would then bring in the genetics as well. Particularly if things aren't getting better, that's another tool. I mean, that is uh, that is speaking our language, Karen. That's really important to myself and Carrie, really looking at the individual uh walking that mile in their shoes. I think that's really what it's all about. That's really our goal. Uh, You talked about vitamin C. Any other nutrients that stand out? Um, Yes, there is one that big... Uh, percentage of the of the world's population because it's different depending on your background that some people have what's known as a, a deleted glutathione gene now it doesn't mean that there's anything majorly wrong with you it just means you're really one of your genes is not able to efficiently make glutathione it's, it's just not there there are other things that you know there are other genes that are involved in 
glutathione production, but one of them is it's not unusual for me to come across people that have a deleted gene. So for those people, they need support because we know or we know in our industry that glutathione is our master antioxidant. So therefore, for somebody like that, we need to support them with the foods that produces glutathione, which is cysteine, glutamic acid and glycine. Um, but also we might need to actually ensure that they're eating other antioxidants to support, almost take up that slack because they're unable to, you know, facilitate that glutathione very well. And you won't know that until you've had a genetic test done. Yes, glutathione. So that's not something that everyone hears every day, but yet it's incredibly important. And once we understand it and it is, it does reduce as we age, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. So being aware of glutathione, our master antioxidant and how we can support it with nutrition. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's, it's, I find it fascinating because you are getting to the roots, but you know, there is a lot of people out there that just need support or don't really realize why they need to continually take iron supplements, for instance, which is a big one in, in athletes. And a lot of people actually have a problem transporting iron. So it's actually perfectly very good quantities or amounts in the blood. So when you go and have your bloods done, you know, you, you might be slightly lower or you know sort of average and um, but that's because the iron is actually sitting in the blood so you eat the iron through the food that you you've had and um, it sits in the blood and, we, and a lot of people can't actually transport it very well in order for it to be utilized and so therefore if you have a genes done you can actually find that out and and iron is very important for athletes Karen, yeah. that leads to think about kind of this whole genetic picture that you're painting for us in in the Ayurvedic realm and specifically iron because I do see that a lot with patients that they have some kind of a circulating good amount of iron but a ferritin level that's quite low and interestingly in Ayurveda we would look at that as as a, also a transportation issue but it would be a vata problem because vata is the wind energy in the body so it's it's in charge of transporting all nutrition everywhere. It's basically the only of the do- only one of the doshas that actually has movement to it. Um, whereas pitta, on the other hand, would be more of the production of things, production of enzymes, production, and and kapha would be more of the kind of synthesism of of everything and and what is the element that is creating the stability, taking all these things that have been transported and produced and then making them into something. Um, So I love this different language that is used because I just feel like, you know, it's so hard to communicate sometimes with with everyone. Sometimes I don't have the language. Sometimes in terms of Ayurveda, the words are kind of foreign to people and that is a turnoff. So having some other a way to communicate using genes is is really wonderful yeah um, and also just on the iron as well there is um there's a gene that i test for for what's known as iron overload so in other words you know some people if they take supplements they can actually get to quite high levels and that tends to play out that tends to be more prevalent in athletes in in you know uh, elite athletes they tend to it's obviously part of the makeup of, of of an athlete if you see what i mean so again take supplements and your levels go really high and therefore something that's actually very good which is iron it's obviously all to do with the oxygen in the blood but it can become an oxidant 
So if you have too much of it, too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. So effectively, um, those are sort of things you might want to be aware of. So yeah, so that's another reason why I find it really useful. And on my, I didn't coin it. It was it was a um, quote by Carl somebody. I can't remember his surname now. Oh yes, yes. It's all about work smarter and not harder. Whereas I find genetic reporting is all about you're working a bit smarter in order to be able to work harder. And that obviously rings true for the for the athlete, really, or for the sporty person. Yes, and it gives results. All these things together can be so useful. And to your point that you had made earlier, maybe not starting with genetics, starting with whatever it is, whether it's Ayurveda or nutritional therapy and and moving slowly. And then, you know, if you're not seeing results going into this a little bit deeper, and then I'm assuming through this kind of pathway, you're going to see results quite, quite quickly once you figure out what exactly the problem is with the gene. Yeah. And, and also sometimes it actually targets or gives the professional almost signposts to where they need to go next so you know it might just sort of give you a couple of areas that you might need to concentrate on um, and then you can actually target the appropriate additional testing that needs to be done instead of just sort of going oh we'll test this and we'll test that and we'll test that I find it's quite a nice sort of way of um, it's not foolproof but it gives you a bit of a signpost as to where you might want to go next with your client if you've done all of the basics with them. Yeah, and you know, nothing is foolproof. That's why it's so great to use different uh, modalities to create a healed a healed person. Absolutely. And and this is why I, I so want to teach as many people in nutrigenomics because I do think now we're becoming much more nutrition and I'm sure Ayurvedic is becoming more of or is an individual approach this in my opinion is like the last tool in the box we've got everything now it doesn't matter what modality you use whether it's traditional Chinese Ayurvedic nutrition herbs you know it doesn't matter what it is I just feel as though this is almost like uh, you know this is the icing on the cake really and it gives you and so much more research and knowledge is coming out on a on a daily basis for all of us to keep up with <laughs> absolutely incredible and then you think of the microbiome and everything we're mm. learning and are incredible so it's it's wonderful um karen you offer three reports you have an energy report a recovery report and then a, the third is a sleep lifestyle report if we could only choose one, how, what, which, which, which is the first choice or how, how would, how could somebody decide? Okay. So can I give you a couple of scenarios? So as a, as an athlete, if you're struggling with, with energy and almost sort of fatigue and tiredness, I would go for the energy report. Definitely. If you're okay with energy and you've got got enough in order to do what you need to do, but you are very sore or, you know, sort of uh, you don't recover very well, then obviously the, the repair report will be good for that. If you're somebody that works the 14 hour days and then tries to do an awful lot of athletic sort of stuff at evenings and weekends and perhaps doesn't find time to do breath work or doesn't find time to be me time and you know meditation etc then sleep and lifestyle is the one for you because it's so important for sleep and the lifestyle that you lead in order to be a sporty person okay great and this is all on karen's website 
teamgene.co.uk and that's team t-e-a-m-g-e-n-e.co.uk Yes. and also on your website you do have uh, good descriptions of each of the of the reports yeah go and have a play there's, there's lots of you know there is there is info in there and they're all written for the sporty person but saying that though there is a lot of information that you know is uh, very relevant for you know even just you and I but um it's yeah it's specifically for sporty people but and very easy to understand and I love the illustrations mm-hmm. and I love the descriptions I mean even I was showing my son yesterday my uh son is very into his athletics and we were looking at talking about his iron specifically and looking at my report and assuming some of the same things were going on there mm-hmm. uh the descriptions of collagen and genes um, glutathione, of course, um, vitamin C, choline as well, which which we're learning more about. Can you tell us a bit about choline and how that factors into athletics and athletes? Yes. So choline, I've actually got both reports and we use it or it's it's a very underrated mineral. Um, it's used specifically for energy production and also something called methylation, which is a big big sort of subject so I won't go into that it's quite technical um, but basically it helps with the production of a process that's called there's a lot of processes where you need a methyl donor and that methyl donor facilitates the next reaction effectively um, and choline is used in that in that what or oh, just one I mean there's lots of uh, different but choline is very much underrated because here in the UK we don't even have recommended levels of it you know you know like vitamin C you should have a certain amount each day and you know vitamin B's and all that sort of stuff choline hasn't even got it's not even on the radar for any sort of uh, vitamins and minerals but you can get that from egg um, dairy anything like that it's quite hard to get just from a plant-based diet in the quantities that you need for sporty people so i'll give you a bit of an example in an egg there is an average don't uh, come back with this an average of around about 340 milligrams each egg is going to be different depending on the end <laughs> of course but that's just an average average okay so say between 300 340 um, and that's just one egg but if you eat a cup full of broccoli there is 36 milligrams of choline. So there's there's a big difference. And it's not to say that you can't get your choline from a plant base. I'm not, not saying that in any way, shape or form, but you're going to have to eat an awful lot to get that level in order to be able to, to do that. So those, again, those are sort of things you might want to think about, you know, if you wanted to have a plant-based diet or some people have two or three days plant-based then one day where they'll have a meat eating day and then they'll go back on the plant-based particularly sporty people they do that particularly uh, depending on uh, race days and, and all that sort of thing absolutely nothing wrong in that we need to make sure that the right amount of choline is actually going in um, it has been used also for uh, or involved in anxiety and depression as well. Um, and it's all to do with the with neurotransmitters, which, again, are quite a detailed thing. But it's all to do with a particular hormones 
um, that we have that we deal with anxiety and depression and choline is needed and unfortunately women tend to eat less choline than men and when I did my research on this it's like why would that be and I think and this is a generalized you know sort of average again is that when a man goes and gets quite sporty and he goes to the gym he gets the protein shakes out and all that sort of stuff and that tends to have choline in it when a woman tends to be sort of very healthy the fruit and vegetables come out and that's where there's far less choline yeah those are sort of things that might need to you know be sort of um, mindful of but there's lots of uh, vitamins and minerals that are in there that we all need we just need to be aware of them, but more aware of them if we are not able to efficiently utilize them, which genetics will tell you about. I, I love this because you're taking things that are very complicated, even listening to all those details about choline, but then helping us understand how it would relate to us. And then we're on with that information. And at this point, I'm very tempted to ask you for three food recommendations you would offer in general. But instead, I think I think it's more important to understand how our unique cells would interact with those nutrients. Like, would you agree with that? Because if you were to say turmeric, broccoli, and beetroot, they may do one thing for someone, but then mm-hmm. someone else we make it. Yeah. So what I love about your report is that it just let you as an individual understand what nutrients uh, you may have difficulty processing where you might need extra support. And then the big, beautiful gift is that you get specific information on what to include and why. Yeah. So can I actually, I, I want to give the three, the three, yeah. And also for our <laughs> listeners to, cause there's so much here for them to take on board. And I always love to leave people with, if they can walk away, remembering three very specific things that relate to them. So yes, I'll give the floor back here and tell us. Okay, no, that's fine. <laughs> Effectively, there's three main things that I would like people to at least think about. First of all is about antioxidant capacity. And it's getting in those three amino acids that are going to support glutathione production. And you can do that through many, many different ways. You don't have to do it via meat. You can do it through pulses and chickpeas and all that sort of stuff. So when somebody wants to eat protein that's obviously got the amino acids in it, and they want to eat that from a plant source, what you have to do is most plant sources are not complete with all of the amino acids so it's all about making a mixture and so those mixtures of the different lentils the different chickpeas and the different pulses so mung beans etc if you have a lovely sort of salad with five or six different varieties it might be mung bean chickpea green lentil you know all sorts of others then you're going to be getting your complete protein and you don't have to eat meat if you don't want to and once you've done that you're providing all of the amino acids for glutathione production because they'll have those three in there all right so glutathione for me is a major one it's a major antioxidant 
for a sporty person. Number just, one. Okay, yeah. Number one. And just to clarify, Karen, so are you saying that people need to eat all of those pulses together in one meal or can you eat it throughout the day? More you can more. eat it throughout the day. Um, you don't have to have... 17 different you know because uh, that would be quite a quite an assault on the body really but yes if, it, if it's throughout the day then that's absolutely fine so you might have two or three at lunchtime and then another couple in the evening or or however you wish to do that uh, like a five bean salad for instance would be lovely that would be great you know kidney beans and all that wonderful stuff so yes so for people that want to create those complete proteins it's not about the amount sometimes it's actually the variety of the types of protein that we're all the amino acids we're putting in that's that and um, the other one is um, vitamin c it is so 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 important because as a sporty person as i said earlier on you are producing a lot of information but also you're going to be using vitamin C from your adrenals just in life stress. We've all been through a bit of a stressful time with what's been going on lately. Um, and therefore, vitamin C is definitely. Now, if you want to eat seasonally, I again would, would definitely want you to do that. When vitamin C in berries is abundant, put loads in your freezer so you've got it ready throughout the year. So that, um, you know, you don't have to buy stuff or import stuff or, or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. So um, try and be as seasonal as possible, because then that's when they are at their, their most or have the most vitamin C in them. So if like here in the UK, we very rarely actually produce any vitamin C in, in you know, in berries as in we don't have as much sun. So, um, you know, buy or well, if you go blackberry picking, just pick loads, put loads in your freezer. Pretty much. That's what I'm saying. So that's the second one, vitamin C. And the third one actually is very similar to the first one, really, is making sure that you get your mix of proteins in because it's really, really important for soul, energy, everything, really. Uh, a nice mix of different proteins going in and they can be at any time of the day. I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to have cereal for breakfast. You can have salmon or, you know, whatever it is, whatever you want to do, but protein is very very important stops you from eating chocolate because it makes you <laughs> nicely associated we go for chocolate when our sugar dips you see so if we eat protein we won't get the sugar dip so that's my three so remind me beth what, what, what was the next thing okay well just to summarize the three uh yes. antioxidants Okay, if you want to be really getting that glutathione production, then the body have a good master antioxidant. And we can achieve that by having different protein sources. Number two, vitamin C, really to support our adrenal glands and our stressors, especially if we're doing a lot of physical activity or just getting through the day, <laughs> running around. <laughs> that, let's not forget that part of being yeah. athletes. And then the third being um, that mixture of proteins. So making sure throughout the day we're getting, especially if we're plant-based or vegetarian, that we're getting different um, combinations from our plant sources. So chickpeas, mung beans, sprouts, tofu, even brown rice has protein, nuts and seeds, pulses, yes. legumes. Yes. Quinoa, Great. I think has got a quite nice amount of protein as well. Quinoa is complete. Hemp seed, pumpkin seed. One of those two is definitely complete. Uh, and tofu. Okay, great. Uh, anything else? Oh my goodness. Team Jean. <laughs> <laughs> 
if I could quickly just ask one question and you can keep cool. it as brief as, as you like, but you had mentioned just circling back to how now uh, there is research on how breathing can actually change genetics slightly. Mm. And I've done a little bit of research, no, a little bit, but I'd love you to expand on this nitric oxide and how mm. our breath work can affect that. And I was excited to learn that the scientist behind discovering nitric oxide actually accidentally discovered it through his uh, development of Viagra. Um, that man, I think his name is Louis Ignaro. Anyway, anything you have to say about nitrous oxide and breathing, I would love to hear. Uh, we know that nitric oxide is vasodilator. And what that means is it's almost like a relaxant, you know, open up airways, etc. So it allows you to actually produce and almost utilize more blood. So you're able to get through the day really, or do exercise, for instance. And so we, we want to promote um, nitric oxide production. We can do that actually through beetroot but there are some people that don't really uh, do that very well so not everybody's gonna like beetroot but anyway so effectively what we need to do is the breath work I understand from what I've read so far is that the breath work actually increases nitric oxide production and therefore that is a natural vasodilator and so effectively it's really early stuff I mean it's you know, not huge amounts out there and I'm not sure they actually understand the full mechanism yet but I do know that once you do relax etc that does have an effect not only on the body but also on on your genes as well so if there's less DNA damaging going on less of the reactive oxygen species which basically to you and I is almost pretty much inflammation, really. So we can reduce that, then we're not going to be reducing our telomeres, for instance. And so, yeah, it's really interesting. There is actually a nitric oxide gene, NQ01. Um, and therefore, that's why beetroot uh, for some people is really good for them. And that's why for some it's not going to work at all because that's not they're not as efficient so that's why breath work probably works for some people and it doesn't work for others that's why meditation works for some people and not for others this is why we're so individual is because of what how we're actually made which is why i wanted to go to the root root of the system and then i work outwards and do it that way yes love that and also it everything you've just said just brings me back to that saying, you know, everything in nature is either a medicine or a poison, depending on dose and depending on person taking it. So Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even, even vitamin C can become a problem. Uh, if I could just say in closing as well, just hearing Karen speak and, and these questions, it, it really, I find it very exciting and I find it very positive. And it's so nice to know that we can find things that work for us specifically. And if something doesn't work, like beetroot, I happen to love beetroot, but if it doesn't work for someone else, uh, you can try, there are other things you can try. And then making sense of why meditation will help and breath work will help. But also there's something that's going to work for you. And it's just uncovering what that is. And I find that very, very empowering. Very excited to get my genetic testing done with you at Team Gene very soon. And I'm curious to know about that gene, my nitric oxide gene, because as much as I love beetroot, I can't really digest it for some reason. But guess what I do a lot of? Breathing. <laughs> Breathing, yes. <laughs> that maybe uh, I'll find out to come what, what the situation yeah. 
there in my own Absolutely, mind. yeah. No, that's fine. We can more than happily do that. Easy. And for everyone listening again, we'll have information linked to it from our podcast, but Karen Harrison can be found at teamgene.co.uk. Thanks so much, Karen, for joining us today. Thank you <laughs> for having me. Your official brains and bellies family. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's our show for today, folks. Thank you, Karen Harrison from Team Gene. And just a reminder that none of the advice we've given today on this Brains and Bellies podcast is meant to diagnose or treat any specific health problem. Please do seek the advice of your doctor for any health issue and join us next time for Brains and Bellies with Ama Mama.